0: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and
1: pre-sales to select can miss events while supplies last, make every tap
2: music to your ears.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: This is the Lombardi line with former NFL
3: executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Up on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the Beeson Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM, Femi Bebefe alongside Michael Lombardi here on this Saturday morning. Hope everyone is
3: doing well. Michael, how are you doing, man? This is Saturday a.m. No, get- I am good. Yeah, I'm doing good, Femi. I mean, it's Saturday a.m. We've got uh, New England, Chicago. We've got uh, Baltimore, yeah. New Washington. A lot a lot of people watching today. It's always a good great weekend. We've got NBA basketball. We got your Golden Knights starting today there in Las Vegas. So it's a great time. Yeah, think they're more Stormy's Golden Knights than, than my Golden Knights here. But I, yeah, I root oh, that's for right. You're well. a Seattle
1: yeah. guy, but that's yeah. OK. Well, I'm, I'm rooting for Stormy. So, yes. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Kraken, they couldn't quite get there. You know, they the good playoff run, you know, first time in franchise history. The history, of course, only being two seasons. But
3: are you a Mariners <laughs> fan, too? I root for the team to do
1: well. I'm, I'm not super big in the baseball, uh, so I wouldn't call myself a fan because I'm not. Living and dying with the results of the game, but I root for them to do well. Last year was really exciting. I mean, they hadn't been to the playoffs
3: since when I was in middle school, so it was fun to kind of see them get a little October baseball. And I asked because I, I'm friends with the player development. We had him on the daily coach this morning in an interview, mm-hmm. Andy McKay, and, and they have three first round picks. So this is a great time for the Mariners to really kind of re, reinvent their franchise. If you hit with those three first round picks, you know, who knows what the uh, end result could be. Yeah, they've been hitting with some of these picks. Like the farm
1: system has been really healthy. Julio Rodriguez last year, American League rookie of the year, Jared Kelnick now starting to be the player that they thought they would he would be when they traded for him in the Robinson Cano deal. So the Mariners got some So they have a bright future ahead, but uh, I think folks in Seattle are a little uh, panicked as they're playing 500 baseball here in May. I think they thought they were going to win 120 games before the season started, but I digress. You mentioned the Seattle fandom. This is a fun day for somebody who did grow up in Seattle because one of the guests that we have on the program actually led the Seattle Supersonics to the NBA finals way back in the nineteen. 1990- what a great nickname. Hell great of a uniforms,
3: nickname. great nickname. Oh my God. Yeah, I
1: loved it. No, I the the Sonics was a fantastic time in my lifestyle. So the one and only George Carl will be joining us at eleven fifteen Eastern time, eight fifteen West Coast time. Obviously a former NBA head coach, coached the Denver Nuggets as well, but is a basketball Hall of Famer, North Carolina guy. That's a long lineage of coaches who have come from North Carolina. Jonathan Von Tobel, though, will be joining us before George Carl. That's in 45 minutes from now. v senior NBA analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. And then our buddy Thomas Gable at 1130 Eastern, 830 West Coast time. The racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata here. But Michael, before we get into all the NBA stuff, we'll get into some NHLs as well with our buddy TG. Let's talk some football. And I know our audience in Nesson is wondering because we all heard that when the schedule came out week one Eagles Patriots, it's going to be Tom Brady day. But people insist that Brady's going to come back and come out of retirement. I don't get I don't know who they're talking to. Maybe Tom is hinting at stuff and I'm not picking up on it and the way he discusses it. But he's done, isn't he?
3: Oh, I think so. But, you know, it's funny, though, Femi, it it will not end. It's one of these stories that won't end. And and partly because last year when it ended and then it went 30 days and it didn't end and he came back to play one more season. But, you know, everybody wants to kind of tie it together. I had a phone call this week from a a friend and said, here's what I've heard. Do you know anything about this? And that Tom Brady was throwing balls to Devante Adams and Brady was in Mm. full uniform. Well, you know, I, I said, well, Brady working out's probably not a rumor. I would suspect Brady's going to work out every day. Whether he throws footballs or not, I don't know. But I'm sure he's going to have time for a workout. Wearing a full uniform to throw footballs, that doesn't sound realistic to me. So there's something wrong here. But I, I think at the end of the day, nobody understands the situation that Tom is facing. And as I said, when he announced his retirement, you know, age didn't get him he still threw the ball well his eye level was still up the field you know an injury didn't get him which typically happens dan marino tears his achilles he walks off the field that's the end of his career you know that didn't happen we saw that with a lot of other players but what got him was his family Mm -hmm. you know he needs to be a parent he needs to be a single parent he needs to have his children for two weeks in miami And he can't leave that. That's why he's not entering into the Fox TV booth this year, because I think he wants to get his life in order. And I'm not speaking for him, but I'm speaking in terms of what I know from talking to people. So I've never bought it. I think a lot of it, it's for clicks, because you know this, and I know this, if you read anything, if it has a certain name in it, the algorithms go way up, and you get in front of the Google, you get in front of YouTube, you get in front of all that stuff, and that helps. Yeah, that search engine
1: optimization that everyone's always talking about there. Just yes. throw Brady in there. It might not even be about Tom Brady, but we're just going to put Brady in there and see what happens and get this thing boosted up Yeah, we up can there. put my
3: co- my college roommate's <laughs> Paul Brady from Waltham. We should put him <laughs> in there. He'll probably – he'll set off the Google alerts. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's
1: Tom Brady in his own words on the what the future holds and if he will ever play football once again.
2: I'm certain I'm not playing again. So I've tried to make that clear, and I, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that. Uh, lots of times, but I'm looking forward to my my broadcasting job at Fox next year. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity ahead with the with the Raiders, and we're in the process of that, along with the other different things that I'm a part of professionally and in my personal life. Just spending as much time with my kids as I can, and seeing them grow up and support the different things that they have going on. And that's a very important job, and I take them all pretty seriously. And I want to do the best job I possibly can. Just like I try to do in football for all those years. It's just going to be a little bit of a redirection to um, full-time with uh, not playing, but more full-time with uh, family and other professional opportunities and and responsibilities, which are all really exciting.
1: You know what, Michael, I want to take this back to something that you said more than a year ago when Brady initially retired after the 2021 season. And I know you you came on Vison and you said, Hey, like for Tom to at his age to be ready to play, he's got to climb that mountain early in the off season. He's got to go mm-hmm. up in, and start preparing in fe- late February to get his body ready for the rigors of an NFL season. Isn't that a little late in the game? Like everyone keeps talking about a return, and I know he's probably working <laughs> out, but he's not really like probably ramping up to like yeah.
3: football workout. Like he would have come back by now if he wanted to come back. I think that's the most salient point of this whole conversation, Femi, is the fact that he's, his actions are not one of a player that's thinking about or contemplating coming back because Brady is a a scaler of a mountain, but he always starts at the base camp. And to get to the top of the mountain, it's a long climb. And Brady understands the process better than anybody. You don't win seven Super Bowls. You don't play as long as he did without falling in love with the process. You know, he wasn't a cough twice, don't stretch, let's go play guy. You know, those guys don't last very long. Those guys have great careers, but they don't have long careers. Brady's length of career is due to the fact that he starts at base camp and climbs a mountain every year, and it's a new mountain. And so that he's not doing that is further proof that he's not coming back and that people keep trying to make a story out of it. You know, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo has a waiver in his contract and it's so oh my gosh. And so let's get some clicks on this because Jimmy Garoppolo is probably not going to pass his physical and they'll sign Brady. Well, first of all, let's put things in perspective. Garoppolo's physical was back in March. The the Raiders have known about his injury since that physical. Mm -hmm. They fully expect him to be healthy. They're anticipating him being healthy. What they did in in March was to make sure he was healthy to be able to play 17 games, which is critical for the Raiders' season. So, you know, what happens is there's causation and correlation. And everybody wants to think that the cause of – garoppolo is correlates to brady doesn't work yeah and people are making that
1: link because tom brady is now part of the minority owner group of the las vegas raiders working with the owner mark davis there and josh mcdaniels gets peppered with questions not about brady but about garoppolo and i think it's hard to talk about brady without talking about the garoppolo side of this thing like you mentioned with the ankle or sorry not the ankle but the the foot injury that he had that second metatarsal that they're hoping that can heal up after the second surgery and Josh McDaniels was asked earlier this week by the Las Vegas Raiders media about, hey, how are you feeling with this uncertainty at your quarterback? And here's what he had to
2: say. I have no anxiety.
3: Right. OK, there you go.
2: You guys might have anxiety. <laughs> is there, so is there a, I don't have any anxiety. Is there a confidence
0: level then that he'll
2: be there in training camp and ready to go? Yep. I'm not going to put a timeline or a day on anything. But um, like I said, I have no anxiety. <laughs> Feel pretty good about it. <laughs> buddy, Josh,
1: no anxiety. Now I'm sure people will still twist I, what he says with the no timeline. Yeah. That was like, Whoa, 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 he's not putting a timeline on it, but he sounds like he's pretty relaxed. <laughs>
3: I think they've been relaxed. I think, you know, the fact that this story got out and, and it got clicks is, is made the Raider Kingdom uh, fandom, excuse me, nervous. But they, this has been in the plans and nobody's privy to the information. Nobody's seen the x-rays of Garoppolo. Nobody knows, you know, how the how he's, you know, he's been in a boot, how that comes out and how he's going to play. But this we do know he's been in the facility every day since he signed the contract, albeit when he had to get the screw put in his foot. So he's been engaged in the team and he's been engaged in the learning and he's been engaged in the understanding of the offense. So, and they've been engaged with him. I think if they had any doubts about, garoppolo playing they would have signed another quarterback they would have done something else you know they brought brian hoyer in who they know is just a stopgap. they drafted o'connell from purdue you know how quickly can they get him ready i I can understand where josh is coming from they don't have any anxiety over this injury what you could have anxiety over is garoppolo's inability to stay healthy that's got to concern you as a jimmy garoppolo fan i'm concerned i want to see jimmy play 17 games I want to watch him play because I think he's a good player. I think he gets much maligned because he gets blamed for everything, even though he wins a lot of games
1: yeah no uh, we all want to see jimmy garoppolo stay healthy because if he's healthy that's means the raiders can play at their best and i think that's best for the league when the raiders are always competitive and kind of in the mix of things here but it's going to be a storyline because like you mentioned whether it's the second metatarsal in the foot or if it's the shoulder or the ankle or the knee jimmy garoppolo unfortunately has not been able to stay healthy i believe only one time he made it through an entire season that back in 2019 when he led the 49ers to the super Bowl. how about that all right, we're gonna to continue to talk some NFL. Michael Lombardi's gonna give you his five best NFL offseason next here on the Lombardi Line.
2: This is the Lombardi
3: line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy FFA on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: Welcome back. This is hour number two of the Lombardi line presented by Bet MGM, Femi Bebefe out here in Las Vegas, Michael Lombardi in New Jersey. Fun first hour. We just had Jonathan Von Tobel on in the last segment, our VCent Senior NBA Analyst and host of the Hardwood Handicappers podcast. Make sure you get that wherever you get your podcast. We do have a fun second hour on deck as well, 15 minutes from now basketball hall of famer, former NBA head coach, George Carl will join the show to talk all things NBA finals. And we'll ask him about some of these coaching hires that we've seen in the NBA, but George Carl coached the Denver Nuggets, coached the beloved Seattle Supersonics back in the day, leading them to the NBA finals where unfortunately they ran into the uh, 95, 96 Chicago Bulls. But Hey, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director of the Borgata will join us in 30 minutes as well. We always love speaking with TG, but Michael, Let's start this hour number two Yeah, with uh, one of our favorites. It's a new segment on the show, but it's becoming a, 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 a fan favorite of us. And we're trying to figure out who's light years ahead or who may be falling <laughs> behind. And to infinity and beyond we go. And we're going to start off. Buzz with, light years. It's, yes. Buzz light years, you know, because this is the time of the offseason in the NFL where everyone's light years ahead. Everyone's picking things up much faster than they did ah. last year. We're all going to make the quantum leap and everything and everything's going to be all gravy come fall. But sometimes that doesn't really work out that way. But the quarterback that I know our Nesson audience is really curious about is one Mac Jones, who's entering into Mm -hmm. year three. Now, last year, turbulent season there. We had the offensive coordinator situation being what it was. Mac, not necessarily buying it all the way. I think it might be a fair way to put it there, but we'll see what he can do in year three. Do you think that Mac Jones this year can go light years ahead or is he falling behind? And what does he need to do to ultimately be the quarterback that New England drafted in the first round a few years ago?
3: If I could whisper in Mac Jones's ear, I would remind him that his strength and the reason he was the 16th pick overall in a draft is because his mind must work really well and fast. And he must take what the defense gives him at all times. You know, everybody talks about how a disastrous season he had last year, which is true. His yards per attempt was significantly lower. However, his interception percentage was exactly the same as it was as a rookie. Mac Jones has no margin for error. He's got to be precise, accurate, and make really good decisions. And he's got to stop thinking about hitting the three-run homer and just take what the defense gives him. Channel your inner Tom Brady. One of the great things about Brady is Brady never tried to force it. Brady was quick-minded. He understood what the defense was doing, and he understood where the receiver was and what he could do with he threw him the football in the right spot in the right location. That's got to be Mac Jones's game. Mac Jones isn't the guy, if we were playing in the playground, he's going to be the first pick. It's just not going to happen. He's not that athletic. However, his mind can offset that lack of athleticism. And he's got to use it to his advantage. And he's got to take what the defense gives him and not try to live this home run life. Just get to the next play. Get to the next play. And eventually it'll all come through. I think that's the key for Mac Jones. Everybody wants to focus on Billy O'Brien and Matt Patricia. They both, both years he had a 2.5% interception percentage. That's got to change.
1: Yeah. Is it just a young quarterback making aggressive plays like what's the mindset behind that? Because you mentioned, hey, just take the layup. If the layup is there, take the layup. You don't have to be the three point shooter. You don't have to be the home run hitter. If there's a base hit that you can make, just go ahead and do that. Like, is that just a young quarterback just trying to make too much out of nothing? Yeah,
3: it's trying to be a trying to be a hero. It's trying to. okay. there's a jump ball situation. Let me throw it to him, you know, and and, you know, we got to make a play down the field. But when you watch really good quarterbacks, they're very patient. They take it. They throw it. They live for another day. They don't hurt their team. And I think that comes with maturity. And I think he's got to find that. And when he gets comfortable in that environment, then he could take off. Look, he's never going to wow anybody with his arm strength. Mm -hmm. What he must do is wow people with his mental capacity, with his decision making and his accuracy. Those are the things that got him drafted. He can't lose sight of that. All right. We'll see what Mac Jones can
1: do, because I know everyone's pointing to the offensive coordinator there, but maybe also internally with Mac. He's got to get some things sorted out there before he can once again find that form that he had his rookie season versus what he did in year number two. The next quarterback I want to ask you about, though, is Trey Lance. These two guys are going to kind of be hip tied to the hip of each other, I feel like, for their whole careers. Mac Jones and Trey Lance because of the whole lead up to that draft back in twenty twenty one. Right now, Lance is the quarterback of the 49ers, not the QB1, but he's on the roster. I'm not sure he's going to be on the roster in September. That's a whole other discussion. But based on what we've been hearing, Michael, it sounds like Trey Lance is doing pretty damn well. I want to read you this quote from the general manager, John Lynch, because I thought this was fascinating. He said, quote, we're extremely high on Trey. The great thing for Trey and for Sam Darnold that we brought in is that with Brock off to the sideline, Brock had his first session throwing the other day and everything's tracking great. But those guys have got the work in the offseason and they're both relishing that opportunity. Really proud of Trey. Trey came back off a broken and dislocated ankle and he's out there. has had a really, really quality offseason. So we still remain very high on Trey. Do you think Trey Lance has a chance to be light years ahead in 2023?
3: Well, look, Trey Lance did not play his senior year in college. He played one game. And since he's entered the National Football League, he's played in eight games. He's only started four. So he's got no real experience when the game goes fast. What we do know about OTA days and offseason is it's not as fast as the games. And I think what Trey Lance has to do is really treat this like his rookie season. You know, stay healthy, understand what I can and can't do in this offense He's had a great opportunity to watch Brock Purdy execute with precision. The it, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, comes in and runs this offense better than the guy that they gave up two number ones for. Mm. That's kind of a humbling thing. Yeah. And you could say well he could have done it. No he couldn't. You know, he started four games last in his career and he's never looked anywhere close to what Brock Purdy looked like. Decision making accuracy. I think for Trey Lance to take a step forward without John Lynch recommending it, it's got to be improve accuracy, improve decision making, and gain experience. That's going to be critical. I think that gaining experience part's really critical. And maybe it doesn't happen
1: in San Francisco because Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse for that job. And if all things are equal, Brock Purdy's probably going to be the QB1 for the 49ers. I miss a scenario where he probably has to go somewhere else if he wants to get those reps there because I don't see them coming in the Bay Area.
3: Well, that's the problem, right? You know, football for any NFL head coach is a mathematical problem because you only have so so much time and you only have so many reps. And so Trey Lance needs all the reps. He cannot be in a three-way quarterback battle. Because he's getting one-third of the reps when he needs all the reps. Remember, this is a kid who did not play much in college. You know, he had an opportunity to go to the University of Minnesota to play another position. He wanted to play quarterback. And so he played quarterback, but then he didn't play his senior year. So he's he's from a smaller school with which was a running offense, which is now in a passing offense in the NFL. And he's got to find his way. And it's a challenge. And there's a spotlight on him. Right. Because they gave up so much for him yeah. and they've invested so much into him that there's this giant spotlight. The pressure is on him. And so what he has to do is release it. And forget about competing for the starting job is really compete for getting himself better. He's the guy he's competing with, not the starting job. And I think that's got to come through reps. The problem is he doesn't get a lot of reps in that offense.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky situation out there in San Francisco. And maybe all the hype that we're seeing from John Lynch talking about him is to kind of build up some sort of a trade market to be able to get something for Trey Lance there. Kenny Pickett, though, is an interesting one. The Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, it feels like not... A whole lot of people are talking about the Steelers as a whole, but especially Kenny Pickett going from year one to year two. I thought he showed some flashes. There was some decision making stuff that I wasn't thrilled with. But I thought overall, I thought Pickett had a pretty solid rookie season. What do you think Pickett can improve on to
3: get light years ahead of where he was in year one? Well, I think his accuracy in and decision making in clutch times. You watch the Jet game when in the fourth quarter, when he was just starting out, he made some really bad decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, threw the ball in areas he shouldn't have. And that's gonna take time and that's just gonna take more comfort within the offense. You know, he's gotta be prepared. I mean he only threw seven touchdown passes, nine interceptions, right? Yeah. So he's gotta cut that back. He's gotta handle that. So if I'm talking to Kenny Pickett, I'm talking about the same thing I'm talking to Mac Jones. You're not an elite skill player. You don't have a powerful arm. You're just not going to dazzle people with your athleticism, your mind and your experience from all the starts in college at Pitt have to transcend itself into this offense into the second year. And you've got some really good receivers, whether it's George Pick and Johnson, you know, and now you've got Allen Robinson and you've got, you, you know, Nige Harris in the back. You've got some weapons here. This is not a team devoid of offensive skill. So let them do the work for you. You know, be Brock Purdy-ish, you know, take what they give you, be accurate with the football and don't play outside your element. You don't have to carry the team. You have to lead the team. That's really important. And I think he's capable of doing that. Look, when they drafted Pickett, the 20th pick overall in the draft, they were they knew he's never going to be a top five player in the league, Mm -hmm. but they feel like he can help them win. He can help them win games and he can help them become a better team with three elements because Tomlin is a head coach, offense, defense, and the kicking game. So that's he's got to understand his role. His role isn't to be a hero. His role is to execute the offense. Yeah, it feels like he's sort of flying
1: under the radar. Another quarterback that's flying under the radar is in our nation's capital. Sam Howell only started one game as a rookie. It was the week 18 game against Dallas. I thought he fared pretty well it gets a pretty good defense there. Now he's in a new offense. Eric bien is there. How can he become light years ahead?
3: Well, I think he's got to take it slowly and he's got to get comfortable within the offense, right? So, you know, look, he's got to rely on his college experience more than that one game. That one game was against a team that, you know, didn't matter. He threw an interception. You know, it it really wasn't like he was, you know, playing that against a team that was desperate to win. I Mm -hmm. think this is about... Take the off, understand the offense to West Coast. Again, he has some skill players that are really good. And I think if he can get back to where his North Carolina days were, because one thing about Sam Howell now, you know, he's got a lot of experience in playing the position. He started a lot of games. I think he started like 33 games in college. That He's got to rely on that and basically try to slow the game down for him. I think if they got a running back, it would really help them. If they got Dalvin Cook, I think it would help Sam Howell. Alvin Cook is on the
1: market, so we'll see what happens there. George Carl, Hall of Fame basketball coach, joins us next here on the Lombardi
2: Line. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Ababa
3: on v the sports betting network.
1: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted-out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, gamble responsibly, problem call 4700 welcome back this is the Lombardi line presented by Bet MGM Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey Femea Benfe here in Las Vegas and joining us now this is really really fun for us here Michael our next guest uh, as someone who grew up in Seattle, I'm very, very familiar with our next guest and what he did for the one Seattle Supersonics back in the 90s. It is the one and only George Carl Basketball Hall of Famer, coached the Denver Nuggets from 2005 to 2013. Coach Carl, we appreciate the time this morning. And I want to start off here with Michael Malone because Eric Spolscher gets a lot of love and rightfully so. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. But can you talk about the job that Michael Malone has done over the last handful of years up until this point now where he has his team three wins away from winning the title?
2: I think over the last four or five years, uh, the progress that this team has made, uh, both with personnel and coaching, has been magnificent. Uh, you know, they very easily could have been in the finals two or three years ago. If, if, uh, if Jamal, uh, Jamal didn't go down, Jamal Murray didn't go down, they could have been, this could have been happening a couple years ago. And then they had to go fight through two years. The organization really held together. They didn't panic. They knew what they had in Jokic. And they found the right pieces this summer with Bruce Brown and uh, Caldwell Pope. And uh, their team right now is loaded. Uh, They're all playing at a high level. The only thing they probably don't have is depth. You know, they probably only have eight or nine championship caliber players. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with uh, how they run through the playoffs this year with, I think they're 13 and a three in the playoffs. And uh, I don't see Miami, I, I think Miami's going to have a tough time stopping them. Coach, you talked about this on another
3: pod I listened to, and it was wonderful. You said that uh, you know there's no answer that that, that Miami has for Jokic, and that Murray was the key. People throw around this adjustment word so often, and you being a former NBA head coach who's won titles and championships, you know that word is loosely thrown around by people that don't understand it. So, if you were approaching this series, knowing that you can't handle Jokic, what would be your alternative in terms of defending this nugget offense?
2: I would try to go after Murray and try to control him or at least make him a, a, an average player instead of a special player. Murray has had a very good playoff. I mean, you could argue that Murray has been as much an MVP in this playoffs, especially in the last two rounds. As much as Jokic, um, but I think one thing with Murray, I think you can pressure him a little bit. I think I I would probably throw some double teams at him. And what I would try to do is limit limit Murray because I don't know how you limit Jokic. I mean Jokic, I've had I've been he's been here six years or seven years and. A lot of NBA guys call me and they ask me how to cover him. And I don't have that answer yet. And I, I don't think the NBA has that answer unless you just have a really, really good defensive center. And and Bam bio is really good, but he's not big enough. He's not big enough to cover a Jokic on a consistent basis. So I would probably... And a lot of people have said this, but I would probably let Jokic go hit 50 and try to handle everybody else.
1: Yeah, that, that could definitely be an alternative there. Just make Jokic a score, and hopefully that helps contain all the other guys. We're speaking with Basketball Hall mm-hmm. of Famer George Carl here. You know, Coach Carl, you've been around the game since the 1970s in the NBA. Does Jokic, does he remind you of anybody that you've seen from the past? Or because I think that's a thing that a lot of people think about when they watch this. It's like, oh, who does Jokic remind you? Like, is there anybody that he compares to? How unique of a player is Nikola Jokic?
2: Um, I don't think there's been any player like him, but I think there's, I, I, I can, I, I think he's a combination of uh, I, I really think he's a combination of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. I mean, he has a rebounding snack. He can rebound, he can get 20 rebounds on any given night. He has great hands. He has great instincts for the game of basketball. His mind is smarter than 90% of the players playing the game of basketball. And then he has the ability to score 50 points if he wanted to. I honestly think if you want to lead the league in scoring, he could lead the league in scoring. He has almost a little bit of a will. And, you know, when, remember when Will used to go on one year he went on and got, led the league in scoring, scored over 50 points a game. Two years later, he won to lead the league in assists. He led the league in assists. A couple of years later, he led the league in, in rebounding. And Jokic has that talent. But the best thing about Jokic is he likes to play the game as a team. Mm. He doesn't want to be a dominant force. He wants to make everybody feel a part of the game. And because of his knacks and his instincts for the game of basketball, he has the tremendous ability right now. I don't think there's anybody in the game of basketball That makes his teammates better.
3: I I couldn't agree more. Coach, I was shocked. Look, I I live back here in the Philadelphia area, and there was the campaign for Embiid to be the MVP, and certainly he had a great year. But to me, it wasn't close. It was a PR contest. I mean, it was, we just don't want to give this guy the MVP because it'll be three years in a row, when truly he is the MVP of the league. Do you
2: agree? A hundred percent. I thought it was embarrassing what they were trying to do. And, and people think I don't like Embiid. I love Embiid. I think Embiid is the most talented, skilled big guy ever to play the game. But he doesn't have the instincts and the intangibles and the, men, the mentality that Jokic has. And, you know, and, I mean, I don't know how you... I mean, I, Jokic plays in slow motion. He takes yes. a game of basketball that is very difficult to play. And he plays it easy. And he's so fundamental. He's not flashy. You know, He's a little bit like Tim Duncan. I mean, when you watch him play, it's, it's enjoyable to coaches because we know what he's doing is very, very difficult. And he makes it look easy, and he does it every night. And a lot of times he does it what, what the game calls for, he does. Like if tonight's game calls for him to score, he'll score. If today tonight's game calls for him to pass it, he'll pass it. But the, the one for stat that stands out, and I know I know people like to bet on games like stat. This year I I don't know how many games he has had ten assists. But the games that he has had ten assists, they have won eighty seven percent of those games. So I don't know, you know. A lot of people say make him a scorer, don't let him be a passer. But I don't know if you realize it. He, he plays point guard. He brings the ball <laughs> up the court now. A lot of times, you know, they give him the ball for, in the back court, not in the front court. So you can't really deny him his his touches. So then you got a double him, and, and when you double team him, then you open up. A three point shot and the offensive board. Uh so there um a lot of a lot of teams at the end of the year played small on him and doubled him with a big. And it worked a little bit, but it didn't work enough that I think it's gonna I think it's gonna it's gonna change the series. If you do that one game, it might work for a little bit, but in, in time he'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, it seems like he has all the uh, counters.
2: I agree,
3: Coach. And and as for Embiid, you know, if Embiid played for you, the first thing you would do is try to get him in elite shape. Isn't that true? Well, you know,
2: the mentality for the game of basketball, you know, know, there are guys that know what it takes to win a championship. Jokic has that. The other guys in basketball right now have to learn that. You know like yes. Boston Boston is so talented but they just don't know they haven't figured out the mentality it's not about your body and your skills it's about your heart and your head
3: preach and that's it coach you got it
1: you're yeah. right no, that's that, that's it right there and we're seeing it with the Denver Nuggets three wins away he preach. is George Carl Hall of coach. Fame basketball head coach coach Carl we appreciate the time be well Thanks, Coach. Sorry, Keep calling God. them out, too, Enjoy. Coach. Keep calling them out on Twitter. I love it. <laughs> Thomas Gable joins us next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies.
1: From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny.